The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. It's so good to see you today at Drive-In, or whether you're tuning online, thanks so much for taking time to join us in one of our gatherings. Uh, My name is Aaron. If I've not had the opportunity to meet you yet, I'm one of the pastors here, uh, and we are continuing in our Soul Food series, uh, and today's focus is the soul needs blessing. Uh, And so I just have a question as we kind of launch into this, uh, is how do you define blessing? And I'm going to give you a minute to think about that question because I think it's an imperative one for us today as we navigate this this week's topic in this series. Uh, And as you're thinking about it, I just want to give a quick shout out uh, to two individuals. Uh, As you can see, many of you who have been attending drive-in, you see that I'm not under a green pop-up tent right now, uh, but that I actually am under a brand new roof structure uh, that is firm, is secure, is pretty incredible. And so I just want to give a quick props to to Brian Moeller uh, and Josh Nysinger. So Josh, I know you're here. I see you today. Uh, but you guys gave your week to, to make sure the structure was up and running, and it's beautiful. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you guys for all the excellent work. Uh, I trust them. I trust standing underneath it. And so I uh, just want to give honor where honor is due. Thank you for that. Um, but we are, as I said, continuing the series. And, and that question, how do you define blessing? And I think it's important to, to, to ask that question because if I'm going to be totally transparent with you, there are moments in my life where I viewed blessing as getting something more. Uh, And before you start nudging your spouse, which maybe you already did this, and say, hey, see, my soul needs blessing. I need to buy that new car. Uh, I I would encourage you to pause and don't say that if you haven't yet. Uh, My wife and I used to have a, we still have a joke, actually, when we're driving around, we see a Tesla because it's not really ever a car we would want. Not that they're bad. It's just not our cup of tea. Uh, But I'll literally lean over as I'm driving and say, hey, babe, can I buy a Tesla? Um, And and as I think about this idea of my soul needs blessing, how easy it is to stop for a minute and say, man, you know, yeah, my soul needs this blessing. I need to buy that new phone for me or I need to buy that new gadget or a new car or a new house or a new kid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, My kids are amazing. They're called blessings for a reason. Um, But I think it's important to understand what does this word blessing mean because this is imperative to this series and imperative to this conversation today. And John Ortberg, who we've kind of taken some of the content from his book to kind of help shape our series, um, says this when it comes to the reason why the soul needs blessing uh, is the reason why you and I are so sensitive. Not sensitive like in, in the negative connotation, but sensitive in the sense that there's, there's something that is always influencing shaping us. Our souls are sensitive. They're very aware. They're very in tune. They desire and they have strong feelings. And the reason we're so sensitive is that our souls were made to be blessed and ca- cannot survive without the blessing. And this conversation of blessing is important because there's a reason you and I are wanting things. There's a reason we seek affirmation. There's a reason we are looking for blessing. We're looking for fulfillment. And this idea of blessing exists and the definition is is simply this. When the soul reaches out in love, the Bible's word for this is called blessing. When, When a soul reaches out in love, we are blessed. And when I was reading this and studying this week, it was actually thought-provoking and challenging because based upon that truth and that definition, it would mean that Christ's death and resurrection, which is the the greatest expression of love for you and for me today, requires me to understand that I'm blessed because of Christ. That the, the blessing status I carry is not based upon my tangible, material things, but it's based upon my acceptance and my belonging to God's family because of Jesus. 
that you and I as followers of Christ are blessed today. Not because we got a new car or we're getting a new house or we have a Tesla or we, we bought a new phone or we have a great bank account or we're wealthy. We're blessed because of God's favor upon our lives and being included in God's family. The blessing that is a soul level blessing is Jesus being enough. Now, I don't know about you, that challenges me a bit. Because there's times in my life, if I can be honest with you, I don't necessarily believe that to be enough. The biblical picture of blessing is when one reaches out at a soul level in love to another. It challenges the statement of I'm blessed. There's no other reason for you and I to understand this call to be blessed today than to recognize what Jesus has done in extending an invitation, laying down his life in the greatest expression of love. You are blessed today because of his death and resurrection. You are blessed today because of his invitation into God's family. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. But yet he still laid his life down for you and for me. And because of that, the greatest soul level expression and need of blessing can be found only in Jesus. The soul needs blessing. Your soul, my soul needs blessing. And the reality is the material and tangible quote unquote blessings, which we have and we've seen even in scripture, when Abraham is, is called blessed and it shows how wealthy he is. The reality is the material, intangible blessings you and I face, the kids that we've been given because the Bible says children are a blessing from the Lord. It's to remind you and I today of the greatest blessing we've ever been given, and that's inclusion, acceptance, belonging because of Christ. We now are part of the family of God. See, God created humanity. You, me, your neighbors, yes, even that one with the loud kids, even the other one with the loud barking dog, even the one that likes to drive through your neighborhood with a loud muffler and not drive the speed limit. You know who I'm talking about. You have certain names you've given them, just like I have. But God created your neighbors. He created your coworkers. He created every race, every tribe, every tongue, liberal and conservative with the soul. You and I are called to understand who people are as created in God's image. Therefore, holding a soul because God gave them one and to view them and bless them as we have been blessed. That's the call. And how sad it is at times when we neglect or forget the soul of a person. And we see more of the external identifiers rather than the inward reality. God created you and I and humanity in his image with souls and the souls need blessing. For those of us who call themselves Christians, who identify, who, who are Christ followers, we are part of God's family. And in Genesis chapter 12, one through three, we see this story in this moment where God shows up to a man named Abram And calls him to follow him. Calls him to go. And he says in the process that as you trust me. This is my paraphrase. Pastor Aaron's version. As you trust me. 
I will make you the father of nations. I'm going to make you famous. And then he says this, two, two phrases that I think are important for you and I to hear today. I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. This call originated with God's people through Abram and carries on today, 2020, for you and I as part of God's family to not just recognize our call to be a blessing, but recognize that we're blessed. Because of Jesus' acceptance, because of Jesus' love, because of Jesus' compassion, his life being laid down, you and I are blessed. But it doesn't stop there. It requires you and I to respond to the same call that Abram responded to. That you would therefore be a blessing to others. Jesus takes it even further in Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 to 48, which is why I want to take a few moments. And I'm going to read the Amplified Translation because I love the descriptiveness of this version. And it says this, the words of Jesus. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your fellow man and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may show yourselves to be the children of your father who is in heaven. Fast forward down to verse 40. 48 there says you therefore when you do this will be perfect growing in spiritual maturity both in mind and character actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly father is perfect Jesus point blank says to bless and don't curse your enemies why does he focus on enemies why does he need to talk about the people who treat you well? Why does he need to talk about those who, who express love and show you love, who give you a gift? You know how much easier it is to bless someone who gives you something, who is nice to you, who's kind, who smiles and waves? You do. And you know how much harder it is to bless someone who curses you, who ignores you. Several years ago, there was a, uh, I just had my, my daughter, probably three or four years, we started playing in the front yard. There's a, a young boy, a young man who sped through our neighborhood, and I did what every dad would do. Hey, slow down, yelled at it at the top of my lungs. The guy drives, makes a block, comes back around in my neighborhood, and pops in a neutral as he's cruising and revs the engine as he's going by. I had a few choice things I wanted to say. But it's so much harder to bless someone who's in your face like that. It's so much harder to bless someone who's out to get you, who's out to curse you. It's so much easier to bless those who bless you. My son, three years old, you know how much easier it is to say I love you when he says he loves me, when he's all sweet and kind? He's like, Dad, I love you. And you know what my response is? You better, and it's not that. I love you too, son. Get in, you're a stud. But you know what he does when he throws a fit because he doesn't get his way? You know, it's a lot harder for me to choose to love him then. I still choose to love him because he's my son. But it's a little bit harder. Jesus says, bless those who curse you because you and I can both relate to that tension, that truth. He doesn't stop there. He says, bless. In other words, love. And it's this unselfishly seek the best or higher good of your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You and I are commanded to take a higher view of people and how we see them and how we perceive them and how we think about them and how we act. Why? Because the soul needs blessing. And it doesn't take much or go, it doesn't take long 
to see our world is in a place where people need to be blessed, where people need the blessing, the love that has reached out. They need this extension of love and grace like never before. As followers of Christ, it's our responsibility and it's the call God has given us as God's family to not just be content with the blessing we've been given in Christ, but to then begin to reach out and extend it to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our family and friends. John Orberg talking about this idea of cursing says a brilliant statement that is very challenging and deep for me. And he says this in, his, in the book Soul Keeping. He says, I used to think cursing someone meant swearing at them or putting a hex on them. So it was pretty easy to avoid because I don't swear much or do hexes. But as I listened to Dallas, who was his mentor at the time, he says, I realized how wrong I had been. You can curse someone. Hear this, please. You can curse someone with an eyebrow. You can curse someone with a shrugged shoulder. He says, I've seen a husband curse a wife by leaving just the tiniest delay before saying, of course I love you. The better you know someone, the more subtly and cruelly you can curse them. He continues on and says this, there are two great words in the Bible that describe the picture of our souls towards other people. One is to bless, the other is to curse. He says, we are creatures with wills. In every encounter with other people, we will what is good for them or we will what is bad for them. We cannot help ourselves. How can you and I live a life that is constantly and actively blessing others? How can you and I, when the in the conversation of our souls need blessing, not just your and mine's mind, soul, but the souls and humanity need blessing, how can we do that? And I love that this series has built upon itself to this point. When our souls are healthy, when we understand and grapple with the tension that exists as carriers of souls, that's our job to maintain and make sure our souls are healthy. When they're healthy and centered and grounded, we can bless those who curse us. We can walk in a manner of fully understanding the blessing we've been given in Christ and we can freely give it to every person we interact with. To love someone with your soul means your will, your choices, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your body, your behaviors, your habits are all aligned for the good of their entire being before God. Now, if you're like me as I'm reading through that list, I'm like, God, this is impossible. You're asking me to take all of these components of who I am, my mind, my behaviors, my will, my... Like, you're asking me to, to keep those in alignment for the best of someone else before you? I'm going to fail. If I can be honest with you, I'm going I'm to struggle mightily. In those moments, more my kids than in and of themselves are rebelling against me as their parent. I'm going to struggle. And I'm thankful today that he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. That he sent us the Holy Spirit who to be our teacher, to be our source, to be our hope, our wisdom. That he even says it's better for you when he's talking to his disciples that I go away. Jesus says it's better if he leaves because the Holy Spirit who he's going to send afterwards is meant to lead us and guide us into all truth. 
to bless someone goes way beyond words. To be a blessing means we actively look, engage, help, serve, give, and attend to one another. How are you doing with that? On a scale of one to 10, I'd probably give myself a four or five in my worst days. Then there's some days like I'm better, but I'm still definitely not a 10. Except by the grace of God, I cannot accomplish this. We must understand our call to be a blessing to those around us because we have been blessed as God's family and people. The soul needs blessing. And I believe this means for you and I today, the first layer, this is where it starts. If I were to give you three things where it starts, to be able to walk in the blessing God has for us, to be able to be, walk in a manner that's blessing one another, I believe it starts here, where we become more prayerfully engaged in the world around us. I'm not talking about shallow, simple prayers. I'm not talking about God bless my neighbors, God bless my boss, God bless some of my employees or coworkers, or bless my mother, but maybe my father. Like, I'm not saying simple prayers. I'm saying where we become more engaged, disciplined, and daily in prayer for the world around us. Where we serve a God who's the king of breakthrough. We serve a God who's sovereign above everything else. Where we serve a God who meets us in our brokenness. Where we begin to realize our call as Christians, in order to bless one another, it must start with, a, with an intentional discipline to love and pray as if we're praying for ourselves, for others. Our world is broken. We know that. We see it. I see statuses and I see, see updates and all these different things all over the news and social media. As followers of Christ, my conviction and my prayer is that your conviction becomes that we become more prayerfully engaged than we've ever been before. That we seek God to be the healer who, who he says he is. That the virus would no longer have a, an effect. That we would see a continual decline and to be eradicated. Not by a vaccine, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if it's through a vaccine, God will it. Where we can see social justice become justice. Where we can see God work in the hearts of our friends and family who are so far from him and are hopeless and lost. Or rather than we see someone for an external reality. We believe and see them for the soul level person for who God created them to be, where we become more prayerfully engaged in the world around us. Because here's the truth. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against spiritual forces. It's a spiritual fight that you and I are in the midst of. And I believe to be a blessing to one another, to, to be a blessing to other people requires that we become more prayerfully engaged in the world around us. I believe it also means that we are more attentive and present with people, where we're not distracted by our phones, where the contents of our conversation are not the same political, the same social, the same, but there's an empathetic story-driven conversation where we get to hear each other and see each other. You know, some of the most profound dialogues I've ever had are when my phone was nowhere near me. When I allowed time to be focused on an individual and not dictated by a schedule, I believe to be a blessing to one another it hinges not just on us, our prayerful engagement, but also our attentiveness and presence with people. And I believe finally we're supposed to be actively discerning our roles and our choices in every circumstance, in every situation, and in every moment. Well, when you go in through a, a coffee drive through you're actively discerning, God, how do I represent and bless the individuals I get to see myself in front of? that are taking way too long at the window because I just want my coffee so I can get going. 
that when I walk into a grocery store, that I'm able to be a blessing to those around me, to my neighborhood. My wife and I just recently moved in. There's some crazy things we did. 2020 has been good to my family. There's been incredible things. The blessing of a new baby who's four months old, almost five months. It's just crazy to think about. We bought a home because God provided us a home. And my prayer going into the neighborhood that we went into is that, God, how do I be a blessing to my neighborhood? Are my neighbors better because I'm present in the neighborhood? Do they feel more loved and grace given and cared for because I moved in? Or is it the opposite? I believe we're to be more actively discerning our roles and our, and our choices in every situation. I'm challenged today in Proverbs 11.25 where it says, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. You and I, as followers of Christ, are given a mandate that we are blessed, if I can use the phrase, to be a blessing. How is your workplace doing? Is it better because you're there? How's your neighborhood? Are your neighbors more loved and cared for because you're present in the neighborhood? How's your family? What will it take for you and I to take on this call and this mandate to be a blessing to one another? Not just here in the Grove Church, but also present in our community. I believe in the middle of uncharted territory, we are called to be a blessing, to reach out in love to one another because we've been extended love by Jesus himself. It's now our job to continue to represent and extend that same love. I believe in, in, in this ongoing pandemic that you and I are called not to hunker down and wait for it to pass, but I believe that we're called to serve a city and to be the church. You and I as followers of Christ have been given a mandate not just the truth that you are blessed because of Jesus, but because now it's your responsibility to be a blessing to others across party lines, across philosophical worldviews, across dislike. You're not going to love every person in your neighborhood. You're not going to love every person you come in contact with, but you can love them as Christ has loved you. What will it take for you and I today to represent Christ, to be a blessing to others, in every situation, in every environment we find ourselves in, as you leave today driving through a neighborhood, as you drive on the street, as you get cut off or you get passed over for a promotion or you get let go, what will it take for you and I to rise up to this call? Because God is calling you and I to be the blessing the world needs because souls need blessing. So what does it look like for you today? Where does God need you to step up to represent and be the blessing he's calling you to be? I'm going to pray for you today and then have a few thoughts before we dismiss. So Lord, today you know every heart, you know every circumstance. Nothing is past you. God, nothing is, is outside of your understanding and wisdom. And so Lord, we just ask for your grace. Lord, we ask for your mercy. We ask for your power to enable us to live in a manner worthy of the calling you've given us to be your people. I thank you today in Philippians. It reminds us that it's you, it's God who works in us to both do and desire what pleases you. God, I can't uphold the standard of blessing one another apart from the work of your spirit in my life, 
apart from the deeper understanding and recognizing how I'm blessed because of Jesus and that that's enough and that all the, the tangible and all the material are meant to remind me of my, of my blessed stat, status because of you, Jesus. So Lord, today, would you work in our lives? Would you empower us? Would you help us to live as you have called us to live? Because our souls and the souls of humanity need blessing and we want to represent you well. We love you today and we thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. I'm trusting you said amen because I couldn't hear you, but here's a couple horn honks. Before we, before we dismiss, I just got a few things to remind you today. The first is Baptism Sunday is today, this evening. We are going to be baptizing individuals down at Lundine Park at 6.30 p.m. If you are a part of that with, your, with a family, look forward to seeing you tonight. If you're not going to get baptized, we encourage you to stay tuned and check out the recap. That will be posted online shortly after sometime this week. I uh, would love for you to tune in for that. Baptism is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and giving, for those of you, thank you for your continued faithfulness to giving. You can do that two ways. You can give online right now if you're attending our online gathering. Uh, or as you leave today, there will be bins that you can drop the giving in as well as the Connect card. Uh, if you need prayer for any reason, uh, here's a few ways you can do that. The first is you can fill out that connect card, whether online, you can even request prayer right now uh, and someone will join you and pray with you. You can fill out the connect card and drop it in the bins. Or if you're here today at drive-in, if you want prayer, you can just turn on your hazards and our parking team will redirect you to specific lanes where we have people ready to stop and pray with you this morning. Uh, we're so thankful for you joining us here at drive-in or online. Thank you for being a part of one of our gatherings here at the Grove Church. Hope you have a great day. You're dismissed and hopefully we'll see you next week at Drive-In Church. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.